Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Hello and welcome back to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's mental health podcast. I'm Rachel, Metro's Lifestyle Editor, and on today's episode, we're very excited to have Nikki Wake with us to talk about anticipatory grief. That's the grief we sometimes feel before an impending loss or when we know we're going to lose someone. Her husband's death inspired her to set up a dating app exclusively for people who've lost partners called Chapter 2. But before that, I'm going to hear from some of you. As always, you've been sending us your voice notes to let us know what you've been doing to support your mental health this week. For me personally, it's been a pretty busy week and a pretty tiring week. Um, I've just got back from a four-day wedding extravaganza that was very fun, but going straight back into work, I'm pretty shattered. So this week, I've been trying to get some early nights, eating some good food, and just reminding myself that I'm tired because I've been burning the candle at both ends, but it will pass. Really looking forward to hearing what you've been up to. Sometimes with my mental health, it just helps to go back to basics and um, check that I've been outside and that I have had a shower. And also, yeah, just how powerful it is to go for a walk. I find it really grounding and can really clear my head. And I love being in nature. Uh, as someone who is often around people and my job kind of depends on talking to people and being sociable, uh, my key thing for my mental health is just going away and having a moment for an hour or two to myself to recharge because I love being around people, but that's not to say it isn't exhausting. I think that's something that's often misunderstood about confident, louder people. <laughs> So yeah, going to a room, shutting the door and having some time complete to myself to recharge the batteries. So Nikki, tell us a little bit about your late husband, Andy. What was your first date like? Absolutely. So I met Andy in 2002 in Manchester during the Commonwealth Games, which was an amazing time for Manchester, the city 
really came to life. It was a kind of like real renaissance moment. And um, we he worked for Greater Manchester Police. I ran events company. So we were invariably working in the same stadium at the same time. But we never met because obviously it was full of like 50,000 people. Um, at the same time, I was using datingdirect.com. And um, that was uh, uh, early adopter dating. In fact, we were some of the world's earliest early adopters of it that technology we dated <laughs> back when you didn't tell people you dated online <laughs> you know what i mean we, like we'd make up stories about meeting in a bar or whatever else but actually we did meet online um our first date was at the end of that week when we both managed to carve a little time out a wonderful little bar um in in manchester in atlas in the beer garden in the glorious sunshine drank way too much drink um ended up with the best snog of my life and for once i was a, a very good girl i got myself in a taxi home um so um <laughs> for which I, I think it was probably one of the most sensible decisions i've ever made he actually called straight away to make a second date so that was good so then we had a bit of a whirlwind romance uh we had um uh, a dirty weekend away in amsterdam together uh, we spent our, spent our first Christmas together. I'd moved in with him in the November. He asked me to move in with him. So um, it was funny. He used to live in a, a council block in um, in Salford. And I told everybody I moved into Salford Keys because it was much posher. I couldn't possibly cope with the idea of living in Salford. But it saved us a fortune on rent and we were saving for a mortgage. And by that point, we both knew it was serious. Um, we then went for a holiday in January to Jamaica. It was called Couples, a kind of, you know, a couples only sandals like all inclusive five star pop star resort with your own butler and, you know, little cute quotes of Bob Barley on the bed and petals every night and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it was absolutely idyllic. Um, two of the happiest weeks of my life. And on our last night, we were stood on the beach and we looked up and there were three stars in the sky. And he said, that's us. And I said, well, there's only two of us. He said, but there won't be, will there? You know, we're going to make a baby together, aren't we? And I said, yes. <laughs> um, and and he said, um, do you want to come back here and get married? Because I was like, proposal. Obviously, there was, you know, he, he was a man, so clearly he hadn't actually planned ahead or bought a ring or there was no blue box from Tiffany or anything of that kind of nature. But I thought, you know, I'll take that. That's all right. The formalities can come later. So we went home. We went back to our respective jobs. Life was idyllic and lovely. We were the most loved up couple. He was... He was my soulmate. He was my John to my Yoko. He was a true Renaissance man. He was a blogger. He was an artist. He was a writer. He was a journo. He ran the Greater Manchester Press Office. He finally did get round to a proper proposal with a proper ring, which was beautiful. Got down on one knee in front of the Wallabies. I squealed, yes. We got a round of applause from the four people who were near the Wallabies. And uh, then went and told our parents. Um, and we started making plans to get married in Jamaica, so 2004. We prom they promised us a, a non-religious uh, ceremony, but the, uh, the the rector or whoever he was, it was, was fire and brimstone and, you know, this is in the eyes of God. And I could see Andy looking at me and he's an atheist. Again, really kind of, I'm going to absolutely kill you for this. 
<laughs> anyway, an hour later, sat in a jacuzzi, um, sipping champagne, best day of my life, with tears rolling down my cheeks, the happiest I had ever been in my life. So we carelessly threw away the birth control and thought, right, this baby's making stuff. That'll be easy, won't it? Get on with it. So we tried long and hard, and, I, and we had a lot of fun trying, don't get me wrong. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it wasn't happening naturally. And uh, so with a, a tiny bit of medical intervention, not too much, thankfully. First time lucky, um, I got pregnant. Um, and uh, my little beautiful baby boy, uh, Finn, uh, was born in 2007 and burst into the world. When I said burst, 27 hours of labor later and a C-section. So, um, so um, Andy became this perfect stay-at-home dad. He did every school walk, cooked every meal. Um, I was off on a business trip in 2017. I came back 2017, July, and I could tell something was off with Andy. And, and he said to me, I, I said to him, what's wrong? And he said, well, look, I'm sure it's nothing to worry about, but we have having these, like, chest pains. My blood ran cold. I felt like, you know, when someone walks over your grave, it was that sort of feeling. So I frog marched into the doctors. The first time we went in, they told him it was because he had stress. Well, he couldn't spell the word stress, let alone bloody be stressed. And then then two more times later, I went in to the doctors and I played Mary Howe and insisted they did an ECG. And the ECG showed he'd been having a heart attack for like the last three days. He got blue lighted to hospital. I had Finn with me in the car. It's horrendous. They fitted three stents, which they do through a vein in your arm. I don't know how it works. But, and he, they, they were going to keep him in for a few days obs, and then he could come home. Changes in lifestyle. That night, he was really tired. And you never sleep in a hospital, do you, properly? And I knew that. So he went to bed early. And then at six in the morning, heard a terrible noise. And I went running upstairs, and the stents had failed. And he was having another heart attack at home. And I had to do CPR while on the mm, phone to for 40 minutes. It was, it, I, I still have um, PTSD about it. I'll never forget the look in his eyes. Uh, and, and then a, a bit of black comedy in there for you. Um, I was naked. Um, so I entered the door and um, they send whichever emergency services they can get to you first. And um, it was a fire engine full of very fit <laughs> firemen. Not quite how yeah. I envisaged that little fantasy to go. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> he was like, you might want to put some clothes on. Love. Thanks for that. <laughs> so anyway, they um, took over at that point. Luckily, Finn slept through the whole thing. We rushed him to hospital. He was put in an induced coma. And after about a week, a, a, a GP, uh, sorry, a consultant took me to one side and said, your story is not going to have a happy ending. We are going to take him off that vent today and he is going to be severely brain damaged because his brain was starved of oxygen for 40 minutes. That just doesn't work. And so I blame myself. He then went on, though, to explain that only 5% of heart attacks that happen outside hospital have a survival rate. Um, I had to go home. And tell our son that daddy wasn't ever going to get better. The NHS threw everything at it. We tried rehab. He needed 24-7 round-the-clock care. He had no idea who he was, who I was, where he was, for which I was grateful. Because 
had he known, he'd have been horrified that my beautiful husband had been destroyed, someone who was so severely disabled. Um, it was utterly heartbreaking. So I had to make a very difficult decision, which was not to let Finn see Andy, because I wanted Finn's memories to be happy ones. And there's no easy way for someone to die. You know, people die of sudden cardiac arrest. People die of cancer diagnosis within two weeks. Or, like in my case, you have this anticipatory grief. Andy got ill in 2017. I knew in, I knew by the end of 2017 it was not going to happen. We went into what I can only describe as purgatory. Um, it could have gone on for 20 years. And then COVID hit the headlines in March 2020. And I knew he had weekly infections anyway. There was no way he was going to survive. And sure enough, April the 15th, uh, they closed all the nursing homes down so you couldn't go and visit, which I'm going to be honest was a blessed relief because I used to hate my weekly visits because I'd drive there crying. Probably didn't help that I had a Dell on in the background on the soundtrack on repeat. And I'd drive home crying. I, in fact, I'd just sit there crying most of the time. But the very last visit I had with him was actually a really good one. And I got up on top of him on the bed, probably one of the few times I went on top, if I'm honest. And, um, and gave him a huge hug, and and uh, we said, I love you. And I'm so glad I got that last visit. And then the nursing home wouldn't let me in. I couldn't go and say goodbye. April 17th, he died. Then, of course, we were, we were in lockdown, um, so we had a funeral with 15 people, and he was one of the most loved men around. But we would have had hundreds at the funeral. I know you've previously said that Andy's brain injury was almost the start of your journey into widowhood. How do you possibly start to grieve someone while they're still alive? Can you maybe share any insight into what that was like? Yeah, I, I, um, you can't. It, it, is, it can only be described as purgatory. And that's why I only went to visit once a week because I couldn't go. There are some people... Who, like I, would, I was in that nursing home an hour within the hour um, once a week. There were people who were spending days and days and days there. And bear in mind, loved ones didn't even know who they were. I don't think that was beneficial for anyone. When you lose someone, and, you know, I think I lost him then. I don't think I lost him three years ago. You don't just lose that person. You, you lose your future, your plans, your hopes your dreams, you know, everything. So you have to completely start to rewrite what your story looks like in your head. So I threw my heart and my soul into giving Finn the best life I could. In one year, me and Finn did every Disneyland park and every Universal park in the whole world um, together. And, And I think that united us as what we now refer to as Team Week. Um, we got a dog. Get a dog. Dogs are great. Dogs just love you. They, you know, I know when you're sad. My, you know, mine just, um, well, in fact, I don't know where it is at the moment. It's normally in the bedroom. But, you know, I got a crazy cockapoo who was a delightful distraction and made me get out of the house every day. I didn't cook at all, um, but I couldn't cook. But for six months, we existed on lasagnas on our doorstep for you know, delivered every day by people who care, even during lockdown. And and don't be afraid to ask for help. 
The problem with anticipatory grief is there isn't the same support network that there is for the widow community. So there is always someone online, 24-7 on Facebook, who's available, who gets what you're going through. Because I think the sense of loneliness is the hardest thing. That anticipatory grief, that there needs to be some some support in there. Now, I did get some support from the Brain Injury Network. I did get some support from that, but that is limited. And when he finally died, I thought I was going to feel relief. I thought I've done my grieving, but no amount of anticipatory grief prepares you for real grief. You know, I, I joke because I used to run nightclubs and I thought I was on the guest list for grief. I thought, oh, you know, I've, I've done my hard work. I'll be right at the front. Sorted. Those seven cycles of grief, I'll be through the three of them and out in the side. No way. It, it hit me like, a, you know, a train, quite literally. Um, and I went back further than I was before. So raw for you to talk about. So thank you just so much for, for sharing it with yeah. me. Um, yeah, it's a really just a really special story and Andy sounds amazing and everything you've done for Finn having only just met you you can you can tell immediately what what an amazing thing that was and how tricky it is you know to drag yourself through something but then also to have to look after a young child as well yeah I can't imagine that it's quite funny because obviously the local the local social services department are really good and they obviously got got involved and called me and sort of, you know, talk, you know, talk me through what support do I need? And, and, um, I, you know, I was like, Finn's in counseling three times a week. We've got these trips planned. I do these meals, these nights, other people deliver food these nights. We go out these nights, we do that. And they're like, you're off our books, you know, you're fine. <laughs> Sounds like you've got it covered. And, and, and yeah, it's been a really tough three years, I'll be honest. And there are still days. Usually Mondays are really hard for me, that, that trying to get out of bed on a Monday and face the weekend. What I've tried to do is turn the negative into the positive. So by building two new businesses. So um, uh, being part of the Widowed Network, which is amazing and saved my sanity. And actually defining as a widow really helped me. It gave me a new sense of identity. And um, everybody imagines that, you know, we're all crying into our gin by seven o'clock. We're not, you know, we're raving in the club till 2 a.m. Because if there's one thing you want to know about widows is they seize the day. They live for the moment. We all know that life changes in a heartbeat. You learn to live with it. You carry it forward. And we always talk about moving forward, never moving on. Because that's the two very different concepts. So being an entrepreneur, I was like, there's an idea here. So I came home and I went on the app store. And there were no apps for widow dating, none whatsoever. There were some widow dating sites, but they were run by mainstream sites with stock pictures of grey-haired old ladies and, um, you know, some silver foxes that are never on the site, trust me. So we started something called Chapter 2 Dating.app. Now, within widow circles, Chapter 2 is shorthand for your next big relationship. Everybody refers to the next one. Chapter two. So you don't even have to explain what it is. It says what it does on the tin. When we launched that in November, we've now got over three and a half thousand members. It's fabulous. I think we've got about 30 successful couples together already. It's my reason for being. It's why I was put on this earth. I now know that. So we've now launched, um, as of yesterday, 
widowsfire.co.uk. Now, Widow's Fire is a known phenomenon, which is which happens when people lose someone. They they the the intense feelings of loss and grief make them not for want of a better word horny, because. You shared your bed with someone for 20 years and your body is aching to be held. And it's not just the sex. I mean, sex is important. That's what we're going to do, let's be honest. We're all grown adults. Let's not mess around here. It's the, it's the spooning. It's the being held. It's for someone to go out for dinner with. It's that kind of thing. And, and, and so Widow's Fire is a fun and flirty and safe place. The problem with dating widows is when do you say you're a widow? Because if you drop it on a first date, it's a bit of a passion killer. If it's on your profile, you could be right for exploitation. I do put it on my profile because what you see is what you get with me. And if you can't, and I'm very good at spotting scammers and, and you know, and all that. So you've created this like amazing community. It sounds so great. Can you tell us how your own mental health is now? Yeah, I mean, I'm far from fixed, I'll be honest. So I'm still on um, mitrazapine. Um, I, I, so I now don't do regular counselling. At one point, I was going two times a week. Um, I dropped it down to one time a week, then one time a month. And now I have Sue, my counsellor, on speed dial. Um, and I treat it, this is how I treat it. I treat it like, um, you know, when I'm feeling a bit down, I go and get my nails done or I go for facial. I treat it as a, like a, a spa session for my head. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I kind of don't have any shame or worry about dipping into that. Um, I have dark days. I have days, you know, where I don't want to get out from under the duvet. I have a 15 year old, so I don't get a lot of choice in that. Uh, my best advice would be join every widowed uh, community site that you can. You know, they don't cost money, the majority of them, the majority are free. There's some amazing widow podcasts out there. Widowed and Rising by Karen Sun is incredible. Uh, Widowed AF, I'll let you guess what the AF stands for, um, uh, is, is fantastic as well. And, and, and try and keep it that beyond your friends and family. We, we, we say, take it one minute at a time, take it one hour at a time, take it one day at a time, and that eventually becomes one month at a time. I mean, I spent the first three years um, traveling the world, running away. And I thought I could run away from grief and you can't because it sneaks itself in your bloody suitcase, tell you, and it goes everywhere with you. Nikki, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I've got one final question for you that we like to ask all of our guests. And that's if you could sum up in a few sentences, what is the one lesson that you've learned about mental health that you'd like to pass on to listeners? There is nothing to be ashamed of. If I'd broken an arm, I'd be at a and in seconds. I thought, you know, I'm a strong, independent, confident, successful businesswoman. I thought I could tackle this alone. I don't think anyone can. And I know I know I can't. Everyone says to me, God, you're fierceless, you know. Like, well, I didn't get any blooming choice, did I? You know, I've never chosen this option. Don't tackle it alone. Reach out. And, you know, quite literally, if anyone wants to talk to me directly, my emails are all over the site and I will I will engage and I will talk and I will pick up the phone and I will chat to people. And I've got an army of um, supporters around me who would do the same. There are networks there, use them and um, and abuse them. And, and men- mental illness is a very 
real problem. And it's a problem that doesn't just affect you. It affects the people around you. And particularly if you're a parent, the people you care for. And so you're not just doing it for you. You're doing it for them. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Wow, that was a phenomenally powerful interview from Nikki. Thank you so much, Nikki, for joining us on Mentally Yours. If you've been affected by anything you've heard today, please do call the Samaritans on 116123. You can find us on our Facebook group, Mentally Yours, and on Twitter at MentallyYRS. And get involved. We'd love to hear what you've been doing to look after your mental health. You can message at Pineapple Audio Production on Instagram with your voice notes to take part in future episodes. Thank you for tuning in and don't forget to follow and review for more podcast episodes coming your way soon. Mentally Yours is produced by Pineapple Audio Production. Bye for now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.